Hey, everybody, it's a Friday edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle, joined by our NHL guru, Sean Shapiro, coming off a a Dallas Stars uh, victory last night at the AAC against the Ottawa Senators. And uh, uh, I'm going to say what, you know, is kind of on my mind. I was in the barn last night and, uh, you know, not a lot to cheer from. The first uh, few minutes were lively and uh, Haskinen picks up two quick goals and you're like, all right, here we go. Um, I will say this is a different Ottawa team than when I flew to Vegas and saw them a couple of years ago. Uh, sorry, a couple of weeks ago uh, against the Vegas Knights. And uh, the reasoning is, is Thomas Shabbat was not their uh, uh, defenseman at the time. He was out injured and he's back now. And Ottawa has now won, well, as of yesterday, four out of the last six. And, uh, and Sean, it was kind of an interesting game because a quick start from the Stars. And then all of a sudden, they kind of had to hustle to tie the game up. Yeah, it was, uh, for me, it was kind of, it was a game where if you, uh, like, if you, if you, it's kind of, if you had it on in the background, like, it's kind of one of those, like, if you were casually watching the game, and you turned on the TV, and you had it on in the background, and then uh, you watched how the, how the stars started the game, and then you saw that, and you heard that they won, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's, that, that makes sense. And then even if you watch the end of the game, you're like, oh, that makes sense. But then you kind of stop and think, how did we get to this spot here? Because it was kind of a game with a strong start and a strong finish, but was kind of, it, it was missing the middle, honestly, from, from the stars. The stars were really missing that middle of the game performance. Kind of, they got the lead, kind of let Ottawa back in. And it took kind of, I don't want to say a wake up call, but it took, it was, they, they require, it required a finish that a two nothing start should not have required at the end. So yeah. you, 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 you get a little bit, and that's one of the, one of the great things about where this stars team is. And I just want to say this before we start nitpicking more because we're going to, <laughs> but one of the, one of the great things is we're in a spot where you can nitpick. Like that's the mark. Yeah. of a good, team. good yeah, point. Yeah. The, the fact that we are in a spot where we're about to nitpick a victory um, is a good thing. I mean, the stars are, are, have, are they've, they are tied for point wise. They're tied for first in the central. They are a good hockey team. And the fact we're nitpicking, this is a good sign. Um, it's not, uh, we're not taking the, it's, it's, you're not going through and saying, Oh, it's a moral victory. They came back like, no, this is a good thing to nitpick this. Now with that in mind, good teams to become to be a great team to be a team that wins the necessary 16 games in the spring um you can't have the uh go up to nothing and then coast a bit because uh that is uh better teams and the senators i think are a team that is they're kind of an odd team they're they're they have the talent to be good but they're still kind of putting it all together um the senator it's better teams are going to not give you the chance to turn it around in the last five minutes of the game. Yeah. I I say this with a lot of teams. I'll even say it with Anaheim. I I use the term. They have some nice pieces. That doesn't necessarily mean that I think they're among the elite, but when you look at Ottawa, um, I mean, Kachuk, when he's on the ice, I mean, the motor is at full steam and, when you see him in person, it it's a large kid and mm-hmm. takes up a lot of space in front of the net. And I don't 
know what happened with the Kachuk family as far as like dad Kachuk teaching because the dad was pretty gritty too. But my goodness, they both brothers play the game hard. And, you know, then you have some nice pieces. I mentioned Shabbat. I really like him as a defenseman. Eats a lot of minutes out there all the time. Seemed like he was constantly out there last night. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I didn't expect them to roll over Ottawa, um, but I did notice, and this to me is somewhat of a small trend as I get into nitpicking, that mm-hmm. I felt as though the first couple of minutes there was a lot of energy from on the ice from the Stars. And then I just kind of felt as though once those two goals happened, it was just a little back and forth. I think Ottawa did a nice job of preventing the Stars to uh, take the, uh, go into the zone. So there was a lot of dump and chase, and I just didn't feel – I felt like Ottawa was winning a lot of the battles along the boards. Uh, but I will say, um, even though he gave up three, I thought Jake Ottinger was really strong last night, made some really good saves and some timely saves, especially in the third period. And I thought Dennis Gurionov was really good, too. Uh, he had an impressive back check at one point. Um, he had, you know, some good opportunities. Uh, he had a breakaway. You know, it didn't pan out, but I, I did see uh, more hustle in 34's game. It's just, can he do that on a consistent basis? Yeah, and it's... Uh... That's that's the whole thing where like I, I keep we I have to remember because I have been um, when it comes to Dennis Gurionov, I think it's a space where I keep expecting I've expected more for so long that I have a sometimes of a hard I personally sometimes have a hard time building on the little things you have to have little things before you can build to big things. So I have to remember that myself sometimes because I don't want to be at this spot in Dennis Gurionov's career having this discussion. I just feel like it's kind of he's something. uh I don't. I feel like I don't want to be given. I feel like I shouldn't be at a spot where I'm giving Dennis Gurionov moral victories. And I'm not saying you're giving him moral victories. You're looking and you're looking at the good things. But I want that to be the norm, basically, for Gurionov. And we could have a. Yeah. Obviously, I could have an extended conversation about that. I mean, you're right about Ottinger. He was good last night. Um, Ottawa, to me, like it's it's interesting. Um, and I realize I'm jumping around a little bit here. Like I look at that Ottawa team, and it's a team that you between between the the chuck stutzla uh yeah he's great yeah you got the the trade i like what they did bringing into brinkat like i think it's it's a team where it's some maturity and frankly and then obviously they brought in claude Giroux too i think it's a team where it's almost they're kind of almost in that ideal spot right now where like no team wants to acknowledge this but they're kind of in that spot where it's good to have all the good energy and all these pieces, but in that Eastern conference right now, they're not really ready to compete. And so with being this inconsistent, maybe they get that other piece. Maybe they're still in that. They're, they're not tanking and, but, and they're definitely not tanking. They went and got true. They've got some good pieces, but they're also in that spot where it wouldn't hurt to be bad enough to add one more nice piece on top of all of this. Um, it's a, I'm looking at their look at their roster, their players. It's they've got. Uh, I think Batherson is going to be pr- pretty good player. Um, you've got uh, Shane Pinto is going to be. It has, has there's something yeah. there with Pinto as well. Yep. Like there there's some good things with with that team. It's just going to be kind of the the maturity and the coming together as a team, and that's going to take a little time. And that's and they're going to have 
to give Ottawa some credit, Ottawa bounced back. I think if you're looking at this from the Ottawa perspective, you're unhappy with the start. You're happy with how your team bounced back, but then you're unhappy with kind of letting Dallas back in, back in at the end. Um, to kind of bring this back to young talent and things moving along and everything like that, I think a good way to kind of look at where we are and the fact we're nitpicking this game the game-winning goal last night, Tyler Sagan, right? In yep. overtime. It comes off. To, it's obviously, it's a great for Sagan. I thought it's good for Sagan to get the game-winning goal. But Wyatt Johnston creates yeah, that. Yeah, he really did. I mean. And he's he's been he's been so good. Great and, stick lift. Just mature. I mean, because a stick lift can also lead to a penalty. Yeah, and before this season, like, there was always, and I've written about this, there was always the as much as there was a bunch of the public hemming and hawing of will Johnston be in the a will he go will will they send him back to junior will he stay like the plan that the stars had frankly that they thought they were going to have to use but likely they thought they likely were going to have to use was Johnston was going to kind of go a little bit more of what the Shane Wright route is going right now in Seattle where he in and out of the lineup gets an AHL conditioning stint and then you send him to World Junior well, Wyatt Johnson's not going to World Junior. He's setting up game-winning goals in overtime in the NHL. And the fact that that is happening, the Stars are winning games, and they've got active development while the team is winning. I mean, we're thrilled with thrilled. that. And we should be yelling. And at the same time, we should be yelling at ourselves for nitpicking a win. But yeah. But, but but it's good. But it's good. It's good. This is uh, we're I'm arguing with myself out of both sides of my mouth, which I guess makes a great podcast. So yeah, that's right. He's Sean Shapiro of Shap Shots and also the uh, associate editor of EP Ringside. All right, for clarification, because I've heard it both ways. Are we calling him Johnston or Johnson? Johnston, John- right? Johnston. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. What it, uh, All right. Because yeah. I've heard a couple of people oh. slip in Johnson, and I'm like, no, I think it's I- Johnston. I think that's just a quick read on it. I yeah. think that's just people are just quick reading the name and missing the T. I mean, I was going to yeah. bring it up, but I think you're absolutely right. That certainly can be the highlight. How this 19-year-old, the maturity that he has on the ice and you know, not a big guy, but I think plays bigger than his size. And mm-hmm. that's going to get even better and the calmness that he has uh, it's just, it, it's really, really impressive. And what a perfect line to be on with a gritty guy like Delandry and then a vet like uh, Jamie Benn. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just a, I'm a big fan of that line. Thoughts on moving that up or does it even matter that you call that line too now? Because we, we agree. I, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean the, yeah. the Sagan Marchman, you know, it's been a, it's been a bit of a struggle. I don't, I don't, I don't think, no, I think numbering lines in today's NHL is, yeah, I I think after the first line, it becomes that way. Like, I think it's something where you could have, and even with how so many teams play, people will be like a top six role, bottom six role. I think, I think those things still apply when it comes to some usage, but in general, I think we've reached a point in the game where you typically have a number one most teams you're basically have a have a number one line and when you you talk about quote unquote secondary scoring you're looking at lines two through four and i Mm -hmm. think that's kind of the way the game is going and so i think moving lines up and down in order on your depth chart and everything like that um i i think that's 
I think you start to split hairs a bit just because I, I think I think that's something where you're not overly I don't get overly worried about which line is second which line is third um what I want to see and also the perfect example of things is lines are important but also players and personnel mixing is also important too I mean Johnson and Sagan they don't play on the same line but they're they combined for the overtime winner last night yeah like, perfect example of it's you don't I don't get overly caught up in that um because I think lines can change so often um but some stick together some for various reasons and uh i don't know maybe i'll i'll, I'll, I'll let you use that as the ideal segue for our uh our, what else we want to talk about today <laughs> yeah we got a good one coming up in a second i will say uh yeah. you know i think forsberg for ottawa kind of let uh, a couple ones yeah. that he probably you know wakes up this morning and regrets um the second goal um by Haskinen as well as the uh, Lundqvist goal to tie it up I thought those were two that he probably should have made saves on but I mean he made some good saves but I I think those two you know could have been game changers I wonder if they're going to just on the Ottawa side I wonder if they're going to regret not holding on to uh, they were one of the three teams that had Magnus Helberg and who's been claimed and waived and claimed all these times and eventually is currently uh, on a conditioning stint with Detroit but Magnus Helberg has actually been Ottawa's best goal. Like in his one, he started one game for Ottawa and yeah. stopped 29 shots and 29 of 31. And, and meanwhile, Forsberg and Talbot have been, it have, it's been a mixed bag. So I just wonder on an Ottawa front, if they're going to regret kind of not holding on to that piece. Now I know roster construction is difficult in Ottawa is as a spot, as we talked about earlier, where, um, it's not a you must win today lineup, but it's still you need better goaltending. And they tried the Matt they 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 tried the the Matt Murray thing. It didn't really work. Now it's happening in Toronto. Yeah. Obviously, Dallas saw kind of a bit saw the 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 turn that Murray's taken after he's left. I don't know, but that's this is not an Ottawa Senators podcast. So no, let's, no, let's it's not. Thing. It's it's not. But I, I mean, I will say, and I, I don't know if you are like me. I'm a big Shabbat fan. I, I think he's good, you know. It's, I mean, it, it's fitting. It's fitting that we're reporting this, uh, recording this on Friday. Shabbat Shalom. So, <laughs> I like that. Uh, I, I like. That. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, good teams find ways to win. Good teams mm-hmm. find ways to get points. So I mean, you know, kudos, kudos to the stars for making the comeback, for bringing the crowd to life, for for some big saves at the end, and uh, you know, two points. We kind of look ahead now. And, you know, we got tomorrow, we have a team that you're extremely familiar with mm-hmm. as the Detroit Red Wings come to town. Uh, I would say a team on the rise, not there yeah. yet, but once again, we'll use that term, some nice pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a Detroit team that is kind of in a similar spot to that Ottawa team, but I think is a little bit... Um, a little bit probably ahead of the curve from a coaching system wise. I think uh, Derek Lalonde has a, is building that team structurally a little bit better than DJ Smith is doing in Ottawa. And this is not a, not saying DJ Smith isn't doing the right yeah. thing in Ottawa, but I think Derek Lalonde bringing what he had from Tampa, bringing kind of his experience from Tampa and building a team. I think Detroit is getting built that way properly. And um, it's, it's a team that is, dealt with in the Red Wings that have dealt with a ton of injuries still where they are in the standings, despite what a lot of people kind of expected both internally and externally. And it's also a, it's, it's a team too, that 
beat Tampa earlier this week, lost last night to Florida, is going to be up and down. So you're going to get, you could get, uh, I don't know which Detroit team you get on Saturday. I'm imagining it will be a little bit of the better team coming off of a 5-1 loss to Florida last night. There'll be a little bit more of that kind of kick in the pants, I'm sure, from the coaching staff to get everything going. So I think you'll get the better team of that. And it's also, there's a Detroit, uh, there's always a bit of a Detroit-Dallas uh even though they're not in the same conference anymore and everything like that, but there's always been a bit of that kind of Detroit Dallas yeah. rivalry that play that plays into things, whether it's, it's a combination of familiarity where the, so many of the stars, so much of the stars management and their history comes from time in Detroit. Um, there's the, uh, there's the obvious rift of the, the Mike, the end of Mike Madonna's career taking place in a Red Wings Jersey sure. as opposed to a stars Jersey. Um, there's some more recent beef, um, that I'm sure I think Stars fans may have probably forgotten about, but Red Wing fans haven't forgotten about the uh, the Jamie Ben cross check that ended Dylan Larkin's season to uh, uh, last year. Yeah, or sorry, two seasons ago. That's 26 um, points currently, Dylan yeah. Larkin. That's impressive. Yeah. And and then also just from a perspective of on the same ice, and you look at the how things are going in the NHL. Dylan Larkin is the same age as Rope Hints. He saw what Rope Hints got paid earlier this season. I'm sure uh, Dylan Larkin is. Uh, saw that contract and is going to be kind of getting ready to count his money in, in the summer as well. So yeah, a lot, a lot of storylines, always fun with those when, Oh yeah. Fun and when they were games. in the central like, back in, let's, let's throw the 2005 yeah. to 2000. Hey, you know what? Let's go. Yeah. 2004 to about 2007. Like that was the hot ticket for stars. The Detroit yeah. Red Wings game was the hot ticket. That's what everyone wanted to go to. And I remember just a, a, a great uh, shootout victory. I don't know if you remember this one, Sean, where Marty Turco made the save and we thought the Stars won in the shootout, except the stick from the poke check slipped away from his hand, so they had to do it over again. And he made the save yeah. again. Crowd went nuts. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I remember seeing the highlight of that. I remember yeah. when I when I uh, when I actually went and worked on. I'll plug this because it's always fun to plug, even though it's been out for a couple of years now. But I wrote a book, 100 Things Stars Fans Should Know and Do Before They Quality Die. book. Uh, I remember when I was researching that book, I was one of the historical things that I was, you're going through all the archives, and I remember coming across that and, and watching that again. Um, I, maybe it was the first time, or whatever. But I, I, either way, it's uh, it's it's definitely a team that is, it's an Eastern Conference team coming in now. Still a bit weird for me to say after how long Detroit was obviously a Western Conference team. Yeah. It's an Eastern Conference team coming into Dallas, and it's a team that uh, you also have a lot of people in Dallas because of the, uh, you know, but you know, this is like because of one of the, there's a lot of people that come from families where mom and dad may have been from the Midwest and moved down to Dallas when a lot of those auto jobs moved down to Texas in the nineties. And so you got, you got some split families down there and in, in the area who are hockey fans where mom and dad may have been Red Wings fans from the Midwest growing up and then raised kids in Dallas. So it's, it's always a, I've, I've talked to people like that before where it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting dynamic that I think a lot of people don't realize until you walk around in the crowd and you see someone with mom and dad with a Red Wings hat on and the kid with a Sagan jersey on or something like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we end today with ESPN's article, which just came out, which mm -hmm. ranks the best lines in the NHL currently. 
And spoiler alert, number one was the Dallas Stars. Robertson hints Pavelski. Did you think they deserve that number one ranking? Um, and your thoughts on the other line combos that finish behind them? I would, uh, I would definitely. I think the number one ranking is definitely fair. Um, I'm. You you talk about if you were to ask me off the bat, like, hey, what are the top three lines in the NHL? Even before I saw this story, I'd probably, I probably four of their top four of their top three three of the top four probably would have popped into mind right away for me um the the barkov i, I love the barkov kachuk Ver, uh, verhage line in florida um I, I the the vegas mark stone the way i love mark stone's game in general but the way yeah. him and jack eichel and i believe there with chandler stevenson has played with stevenson's speed on the side and then obviously that boston line has been the that Boston line with Marshawn Bergeron and DeBrusque is great. So yeah. I, I think I think they got it. I, I think it's something where you've got all four. If you had put any of those lines at number one, right. you couldn't really you couldn't really. I like the McDavid too line too. Yes, of course. I mean, any line of McDavid <laughs> is going to be uh, must watch hockey. But the way they were, this was the way you're talking about building a uh, building a line as opposed to one highlight. Yeah. I think I think that's kind of the key for me on this one. And the way Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski, like I went through earlier this week and I went through and uh, people, anyone who subscribes over at Shop Shots, I went through all of the, uh, all of Robertson's goals and the amount of goals he has where he is, he's got 23 of them, but he's got quite a few where he is very simply at the end, if you just watch the three second highlight of the goal, well, all he all he's doing is just putting it into an empty net. But if you go and you rewind it back 10, 15 seconds, you see the buildup and the yeah. way that Hintz and Pavelski and Robertson, the way they play off each other and they know everything and every and, and they know where each other are. It's it's great. And that line to me, to call it the top line of the NHL, I have no problem with that. It it is the best line in the NHL right now. You can say that confidently. And it's and it's not just a and there's history there too. They did it last year under a different coach. They're doing it this year under a different coach, under a new coach. I think it's just there's things that are present in building, and I think it's even more impressive because of all the lines on this list, they're the only line that had zero seconds of preseason together. Because remember Jason Robertson's uh, contract negotiation that went, and he missed all of the preseason. And so they're doing all of this just based off building off of last season going in it's 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 the best line in the NHL no issue with that story at all um I think the one interesting note that um Greg Wyshynski wrote the article and I've always I've always liked Greg's work um one thing that he mentioned at the end how he ended with is there's I think I'll pull this up says the only thing they haven't earned is a nickname which is a shame because every great line deserves one and this is a great line is he right on that? Because I've I've heard people try and shoehorn a couple different nicknames yeah. on this line, and I was gonna I was gonna throw that to you because I have I have two different we we can when it comes to does this line have a nickname? I've heard two main ones, but I'm gonna throw it to you. If if you, do you think this line actually has a nickname? He's missing, and I, is that just poor research or what's what's your thought on well, that? Well, I believe one of them that a lot of people liked was trademarked currently, so they couldn't use. I, I forget which one it was, but. Um, there's a, I mean, there's the, I I've heard, I've heard the, I know it's been, 
I've heard Pavelski and Sons. Yes. I've heard that one before. And I like that um, a lot because that sounds like a moving company. It does. And I think that's or a also, law firm or. Yeah. And it's and it's one that actually I think a good line nickname like instantaneous a good line nickname instantaneously like tells you something about it. Yeah. And so obviously I, I think that's a good I think from a the A from with Pavelski, it's more of a joke about Pavelski's age because Pence is well, he, we think he's young. He still is twenty six, so he's it's not like he's a twenty year old or anything like that. Um then the other one that I've I've also heard too that I, I know a lot of people like to bring up is the Avengers line. That's that's because, what was trademarked. Because of and it's and people can use that and you can talk about that. And I personally I get where people go on that one with the Joe Pavelski Captain America logic. Uh but I uh for both of those, like I, I Pavelski and Sons to me is a little bit I think it's a tribute a, to Joe Pavelski and I like yeah. it. You and know? I think it's a better and I think it's a better um mark of history too. Because yes. the one the one the one the one fresh not frustrating thing, but the one reality of the line of this line is because of Joe Pavelski's age, even though we talk about him resign hopefully resigning with Dallas in the offseason, the the life cycle of this line is not going to be much longer. And this is kind of gonna be my uh my moment to remind Stars fans enjoy it while you have it type thing, because it's gonna be eventually, whether it's at the end of this season or at the end of the following season, obviously we'll see how long Joe Pelsky plays in Dallas. Eventually it's going to be Robertson and Hints. And I think calling it the Avengers line or whatever, like I think that is just becomes a, all of a sudden that just becomes a moniker where anyone else can slide in and it becomes, they can become part of that nicknamed line. And I think have naming something Pavelski and sons and everything like that. I think that's a great way to look back on stars history four or five years from now, when you remember a line, because it'll be a good reminder of the role Joe Pavelski played, even when five, six years from now, when Joe Pavelski's in his forties and eventually retired that Robertson and Hintz are still having success with a different line mate. So that's, that's kind yeah. of where I lean on that one. Um, I also think the other thing for me is it's always a uh I, I always I always made this warning to people because people always try to nickname lines and it, it I think sometimes we jump to this one deserves a nickname. That's fine. This one is definitely a great line that deserves a nickname, but too many times we jump to nickname lines because too many times how many I mean there'll be so many times like there was the in Dallas, you'll see like, oh, this guy played with this guy, that guy played with that guy, and people will jump to nickname a line. And I've always been under the realm of the mind of like, you should kind of treat lines like a, you should kind of treat lines like a stray pet, like a stray animal. Like you should only really name <laughs> it if you're pretty sure it's still gonna be there the next day. And a lot of lines aren't, a lot of lines aren't built like that. And uh, coaches are there to change things all over the place and everything like that. So, um. This line, Pavelski and Son, or Avengers line, or if it comes to someone comes up with something better, it's past the stray pet test, for lack of a better word. The cat keeps coming. <laughs> the cat keeps. The cat keeps coming back every day. That's okay. So it's worth the. Uh, it's 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 worth worth getting a nickname. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's. By the way, 40, forty-seven points away from a thousand now. Yeah. So very, it's becoming more and more obtainable. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing is, I was just doing a quick search. 
because I was thinking to myself, hard to think that, you know, this is the greatest line that Joe Pavelski's been on when you look back at those San Jose teams and Marlowe and Thornton and and Ryan Klo and just some really cool names and how good those San Jose Shark teams were. Um, it's just, you know, kudos to kudos to Joe. I mean, it seems like he's really found a home here and and we all remember the very slow start because, you know, and a lot of people were looking, it's like, oh, we should have signed Zuccarello instead. And then all of a sudden it just clicked and it hasn't stopped. It's amazing. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, it's funny because I've got, I talked, I actually talked to Jason Robertson last week for something and I asked him about, um, what Joe Pavelski and I asked him just about if he had any, being a kid from California, obviously uh, Jason grew up more in the LA area than the San Jose area, but still asked him just if he had any memories. And, and he told me, he's like, it's funny. In Jason's mind, like his first like Joe Pavelski memory is from the time in San Jose when they took the captaincy away from Joe Thornton and and then Joe Pavelski became the captain. Like wow. he's, he was, he was telling like, he, just to give an idea of like, yeah, he, obviously like to, to talk to, you're talking about the, age gap and the history between line mates there when one is remembering being a teenager he's being he's he's, he remembers being a teenager and seeing the guy because replacing another replacing a hockey hall of famer as the captain of a team and then 15 years later they they're they're going to be or however long later they become line mates or whatever like it's a there's there's some history there between that it's uh yeah yeah, I it's thought I be, thought for some it, reason yeah. he he'd probably remember that um it was uh late in his Sharks career it was uh against Vegas when uh he took that uh um how was it uh, stick to the face? Yeah, but that was I mean Jason was still Jason was already kind of on Yeah. The, like that was I mean I think it was we're talking 2015 was when uh 2015 was when Pavelski was named the Sharks captain, so Robertson would have been a sixteen-year-old. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking if I'm doing my if I'm doing my math right, him being a 2017 draft class and being 18 in 2017, so he would have been Robertson would have been like a sixteen-year-old in 2015 when Pavelski was. Uh, that, that's always funny to think about. Of like, you just you think about the amount of times someone has been like, oh, you watched a hockey game and you see a kid there and. They got a jersey on or whatever, and like to think that like if you could just actually, if you, if you could actually have known in the moment, I'm sure at some point Jason Robertson has watched being growing up in California. At some point, Jason Robertson was in the crowd watching Joe Pavelski play. It's just kind of funny to think about how time is and 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 how long Joe Pavelski's career has gone, where it's he's been in this opportunity in this spot to 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 be on that spot. It's it's kind of. Uh, it's 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 funny to look at. Like, yeah, it's, no, it's interesting. And, and you're right. And you bring up Jason Robertson today marks uh, or December 10th, the start of Robo's Holiday Toy Drive, benefiting children's health. Uh, toy collection begins tomorrow. Will run through Friday, December 23rd, uh, and then Jason himself will deliver the toys and gifts to Children's Medical Center on Thursday, December 22nd. So it's great to see that. He's embedded yeah. himself in the community and doing cool things like that. So stick tap yeah. to you, Jason, and uh, stick tap to you, Mr. Shapiro. Let's uh, get two points tomorrow in a uh, AAC Saturday matinee, old school versus Detroit, before they uh, before they hit the road for a uh, pretty uh, decent size uh, road trip. 
yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a good one, and it's uh once again it's gonna be one of those I always say it about the two o'clock Saturday game. It's gonna be you got to get started early, right? Because it's right at the time when, and this is the same thing for both teams. It's right around the time that's the normal team afternoon nap. I love the two o'clock start personally. I think it's great. I think teams should do them more often. Just I say this as someone who has young kids, like it's great. You should have more games at that time on the weekend because you get more kids seeing the sport, more kids seeing these guys play. And on the flip side, they have to alter their naps, which is kind of funny to think about when I'm talking about <laughs> being allowed to get the demographic that normally naps into the game. So let's uh, more two o'clock games is what I'm asking for. Absolutely. He's <laughs> at Sean Shapiro on Twitter. So uh, give him a follow and uh, check out EP uh, ringside as well as Shap Shots. And uh, he's a beast. He's been covering the NHL and your Dallas Stars for years. And if you like what you're hearing, uh, please spread the word. We're trying to bring Dallas Stars content more and more here to DFW. We do it three times a week. Sean's nice enough to join us two times a week. And if we can get that grumpy old man, Craig Ludwig, to join us on Wednesdays, he joins us on Wednesdays as well. So thanks, Sean, and uh, have a great weekend, and have a great weekend to everybody. Let's pick up two points tomorrow against Detroit, and we will talk to you again on Monday. Have a great day, everybody.